48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The head of police public relations defends the force's decision to only recognise local journalists registered with the government from now on. But local journalism schools say it's unacceptable to bar student journalists from newsworthy events simply because they're not registered. And many school children have returned to their classrooms after a summer break extended by the pandemic. The head of police public relations has defended the force's decision to only recognise local journalists registered with the Information Services Department from now on. He dismissed concerns it will hinder the work of reporters, calling the new order fair, objective and more transparent. Wendy Wong has the details. Journalist groups have criticised the police plan, which would also acknowledge internationally known media organisations. They say it deals another blow to press freedom in Hong Kong. But police public relations branch head Kenneth Kwok told an RTHK radio programme that scores of media groups are ready to register with the government and therefore the order is not a narrowing of accreditation. We're talking about more than 200 media organisations registered with the information services department and all reporters, photographers and crew working for them. This definition is more transparent and wide. It's a misunderstanding to say the definition has been narrowed. He said because the registration system had been set up and used by information services rather than the police, it showed it's fair and objective. Mr Kwok dismissed concerns that freelancers and student reporters would be barred from working in the future, saying they could continue covering news in public places. But when police set up restricted areas, officers would adopt the new general order. He said a change was needed because the force found it difficult to identify journalists during last year's anti-government unrest. He cited a protest at a shopping mall in Yunlong, where he said there were less than 10 participants, but more than 150 people claiming to be journalists. A joint statement by journalism educators says the police order deprives the news gathering rights of journalists working for non-stream media, experienced freelancers as well as ordinary citizens. Damon Pang reports. Six local journalism schools say it's unacceptable that student journalists would be barred from covering newsworthy events simply because they aren't registered with the government's information services department. They say it violates their constitutional rights of free speech, free press and publication. In a statement, they say they understand the difficulty of frontline police in identifying who's a legitimate reporter, but say the move would allow officers to disperse reporters who've done nothing wrong. A statement from universities, including Baptist Hong Kong U and the Chinese University, called the policy ill-advised. Schools have officially resumed face-to-face classes today, having been teaching online for the past month due to the pandemic. Class resumption is in stages, depending on the year group. Parents and students told RTHK they were nervous and excited to return. One mother said despite her fears of another COVID-19 outbreak, it was a reasonable decision. This Form 5 student, Angel, was happy to be back. Taking online lesson is um, you feel very um, boring and you cannot concentrate on the lesson. So um, if we can go back to school and have lesson, that will be better to our learning. The government is ending an option for Hong Kong Disneyland to buy a piece of land next to it in Penny's Bay, saying the theme park is focusing on its existing expansion plan rather than expanding into the site. The option to purchase was agreed 20 years ago. It's expiring tomorrow and the government won't extend it. Here's Damon Pang again. The Commerce Bureau says it's still supporting Disneyland's current expansion plans despite the global tourism downturn. 
but it says it's decided against extending the option to buy, having considered the economic conditions right now. In a statement, the Bureau says it's prudent for the theme park to focus on developing and expanding its existing resort in the coming few years. It says the joint venture company between the government and Walt Disney, Hong Kong International Theme Parks Limited, has a strategic direction in its multi-year expansion plan, which has a series of new attractions. The Bureau says this will keep Hong Kong Disneyland as a premier tourism destination in the region. Park and Shop says it'll hold a lucky draw to give out cash vouchers worth $32 million to Hong Kong residents. It's part of the supermarket's plan to return to the public some of the anti-epidemic funding it's received from the government. Melina Ngai, Chief Operating Officer of AS Watson Group, which manages Park and Shop, said the government rejected its proposal to give discounts to all customers. She said the lucky draw is open to residents who register online or by phone. Critics have said the government shouldn't hand anti-epidemic funds to supermarkets as their businesses have benefited during the pandemic. Baptist University is conducting a pilot rehabilitation program for recovering COVID-19 patients using exercise and Chinese medicine. Julian Baker, who heads the Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health, says some patients feel fatigued and have poor lung function, and the school hopes to improve their ability to perform daily tasks, such as walking and carrying shopping. He says they're looking for around 170 volunteers. When people leave hospital, unfortunately, at the moment, there isn't a rehabilitation program available for them. And uh, our program will assess cardiorespiratory function, strength, fitness parameters, blood markers of uh, immune function, and then be reassessed following a 12-week exercise intervention. The head of the Hung Yi Cook has urged the government to set up travel bubbles with places where the coronavirus situation has come under control, such as Guangdong Province and Macau. Speaking after a meeting with Chief Executive Carrie Lam over her policy address next month, Kenneth Lau said a digital system under which people can be certified negative for the coronavirus should be launched as soon as possible. He said the resumption of travel could help the battle embattled hospitality sector. President Trump has used his speech at the United Nations General Assembly to launch a fierce attack on China. In a pre-recorded address, he accused Beijing of having unleashed the coronavirus on the world, calling the disease the China virus. China responded robustly with its UN ambassador, Zhang Jun, saying lies repeated a thousand times are still lies and that the US should be accountable for the deaths in its own country. If we do have to uh, hold anyone accountable, it should be the United States uh, held accountable for losing so many lives and with their irresponsible uh, behaviors. President Trump has said it's horrible the number of deaths from the coronavirus in the United States has exceeded 200,000. But Mr. Trump said his intervention had helped reduce the toll. We rapidly produced a record supply of ventilators, creating a surplus that allowed us to share them with friends and partners all around the globe. We pioneered life-saving treatments, reducing our fatality rate 85% since April. Thanks to our efforts, three vaccines are in the final stage of clinical trials. In his video address to the General Assembly, President Xi Jinping condemned any attempt to politicize the pandemic. He also used his speech to announce plans to make China carbon neutral by 2060. 
China will scale up its intended nationally determined contributions by adopting more vigorous policies and measures. We aim to have CO2 emissions peak before 2030 and achieve carbon neutrality before 2060. China is the world's biggest source of carbon dioxide emissions, responsible for close to a third of global emissions. Democratic critics of the White House have highlighted what they say is Mr Trump's ineffectual response to the coronavirus. The US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said much of the devastation could have been prevented. This was preventable. Not all of it, but much of it. And what could be lost in the future is preventable too if we embrace science. Science instead of politics. The authorities in Australia say another 200 whales have become stranded off Tasmania, taking the total number to 470. The second group was found during an aerial reconnaissance. Here's the BBC's Shaima Khalil. Rescuers say that most of the newly found whales have already died. They were spotted just over six miles from the area where 270 pilot whales are stranded. At least a third of that pod have perished. 25 have been saved and it is hoped more can be helped back into the sea. Marine biologists say the rescue mission is likely to take days. The discovery of another pod means this now appears to be Tasmania's largest whale stranding. It is unknown what drew the animals to the shore. To finance news, the credit rating agency Fitch says banks with links to China could be caught up in US sanctions aimed at punishing those who are believed to be undermining Hong Kong's autonomy. Richard Pine has details. The U.S. government will draw up a list of financial institutions deemed to have engaged in significant transactions with those who have allegedly sought to undermine Hong Kong's autonomy in the coming weeks. Fitch says Chinese banks and non-U.S. banks with connections to China risk becoming ensnared, but major Chinese banks are unlikely to face sanctions given the risk of retaliation from Beijing. The credit rating agency also says banks don't yet appear to be deterred from doing business in China or Hong Kong, but they face the risk of penalties if they're perceived to be helping clients evade sanctions and tariffs. Fitch says sanctions on Chinese and Hong Kong banks could limit their U.S. connections, but their U.S. operations only represent a small proportion of their overall business. HSBC shares continue to slide for a third day, slumping to a fresh 25-year low. They plunged almost 3% to below $28 in morning trading. In 2009, the bank launched a more than $100 billion rights issue, allowing shareholders to buy new shares at $28 each. The recent battering of HSBC shares comes amid reports that Beijing plans to put the bank on the list of so-called unreliable entities. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,728. That's 11 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $55 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.09 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 16 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 85 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. We start in the NBA where the Denver Nuggets survived a late scare from the LA Lakers to take Game 3 of the Western Conference Final. Denver almost blew a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter. Jamal Murray made a pair of late threes to stop the Lakers' run. He finished with 28 points as Denver held on to win 114-106. LeBron James recorded a 30-point triple-double in defeat. Jeremy Grant stepped up for Denver with a playoff career high 
tied 26 points. Nikola Jokic added 22 points and 10 rebounds. The Nuggets will try to even the series in Game Four Friday morning Hong Kong time. Now to football in the English League Cup, where Tuesday's third-round fixtures were disrupted by coronavirus. The West Ham United manager David Moyes and two of his players, Isa Diop and Josh Cullen, all received their positive COVID-19 test results while preparing for their match against Hull City at London Stadium. Assistant Alan Irvine took charge in West Ham's 5-1 win. Tottenham's match against Leighton Orient was called off two hours before kickoff because of positive coronavirus cases at the fourth-tier side. It's not yet clear if Spurs will get a free pass into the last 16. Manchester United progressed with a 3-0 win at fourth-tier Luton Town. Scored in the closing minutes to seal the win. United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer says the opponents gave his players a good challenge. It wasn't safe. It was they made us work hard for it, and that's. Uh, but that's what we need. We need to uh, get competitive games and uh, minutes into the legs of uh, players. West Bromwich Albion are the latest top-flight club to be knocked out by lower league opposition. They lost on penalties to second-tier Brentford, who twice came from behind to draw 2-2. Christian Norgard scored the winning penalty after Grady Diangana's effort was saved. Brentford boss Thomas Frank praised the character shown by his team. It shows a lot about values, a main. Principles we're working from in, in, in the bigger perspective, you know, top attitude to come back, um, and you put a lot of hard work to fight back. And you show that you need togetherness because you need to do it together. So those three words, the values were big in that coming back in the game. Brentford's progression into the last 16 matches their best showing in the League Cup, though host Premier League side Fulham or Championship rivals Sheffield Wednesday. Newly relegated Watford lost 3-1 at fourth-tier Newport. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The head of police public relations defends the force's decision to only recognise local journalists registered with the government from now on. But local journalism schools say it's unacceptable to bar student journalists from newsworthy events simply because they're not registered. And many schoolchildren have returned to their classrooms after a summer break extended by the pandemic. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 23rd of September, is today's date. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew, and also many thanks to Sadia Osmani sitting in for me yesterday on the 123 Show. We have a, a wonderful program lined up for you for this afternoon. In about 10 minutes or so, we're celebrating International Day of Sign Languages here on the 123 Show. And we'll be talking about Hong Kong Sign Language, a bit of the history and why it's such an inclusive language so that everybody uh, should uh, make an effort to learn. And we'll be chatting with Chris Yu, a senior program officer at the Center for Sign Linguistics and Deaf Studies at the the Chinese University of Hong Kong. Chris is also the founding director of the SLCO Community Resources. uh, That's a a sign language center here in Hong Kong. And after 2.30, Cruzanne McCalligan will be joining us for our midweek audio column. And this week, Cruz will be talking about pirates, and we want to hear from you as well. Feel free to join us uh, on today's program. You can join us via the Facebook Live, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, or you can email us as well, 123show at rthk.hk. 19 minutes past one o'clock, this is Evanescence.